This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 40, How to Change Your Relationship with Your Body. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hello and welcome to the show. Today I'm going to be talking about five practices that changed my relationship with my body. Now, I was diagnosed with chronic illness when I was 31. I'm 39 now. So I've had about eight years of practicing lots of things that don't work, and I want to talk about five things that really helped me and that do work, and I think that they can help you whether or not you have a chronic illness, but especially if you have a chronic illness, and how you relate with your body and the results that you're going to get in your life by what's happening inside of you. So the very first practice that helped me was... I had come to coaching and I was so intrigued with what was going on in my brain that I kind of treated my brain as being separate from my body. There was my brain and then the thoughts that my brain had, and then there was my body that didn't do what my brain wanted her to do. My brain had all of these great ideas of all the things that we should do, and my body was like, I'm broken. I cannot do all of those things. And my brain would get so disappointed. And I kept seeing brain and body as something that was opposed to each other. And so this first practice was for me to recognize that my brain is a body part. My brain is part of my body. And sometimes I was letting my brain take over and think that she was a separate entity that had this better idea of all of the ways that we should show up for people and show up in our lives and push and hustle and grind, all of that. And I had to remind myself that my brain is a body part. My brain is not separate from my body. It's part of it. And when I came to that understanding about brain and body, It helped me to be able to integrate them more and to recognize, yes, my my brain, the thoughts that I'm thinking, the automatic thoughts that come up without me even trying, those are creating the emotions, the sensations in my body. So there is a correlation, but my brain is not separate from me. My brain is a part of me. And just like I can volitionally decide whether I want to move my arm or not, I can also help to guide my brain so that I'm not always just operating out of automaticity. How do you say that word? (laughs) I'm not just automatically doing whatever my brain is saying. I'm starting to think, wait, my body has a whole opinion of what I should be doing and I should take her into account too which I'll go into another practice, but this practice of recognizing my brain is a body part and my body is the vehicle that I use to go through this life helped me to recognize, okay, I can decide what my brain wants to think intentionally just as much as I can decide how I want to move my body with intention or rest my body with intention. 
And so the second practice that helped me to improve my relationship with my body, and I invite you to do, is to allow sensations into your body and let go of resistance. So for example, I woke up this morning and I was not feeling it. And a lot of days I kind of have, you know, a little bit of something going on, maybe some nausea, some some resistance in my body. And I've worked through so much of it that those days are much fewer than they used to be. And I've got tools for how I deal with those days. But even this morning, I could find myself thinking, oh, I know what to do so I don't feel this way. And that in itself was creating resistance to the experience that I was having. It wasn't until I was able to remind my body, remind my mind, hey, it's okay to feel this way. You did some different things this past weekend and you didn't get the rest that you normally get. And maybe there's some nervous system activation going on right now. It's okay to feel this way. And I also love to remind myself some, a uh, one thought that helps me to allow the sensations is this thought that I'm willing to experience any sensation. And I love using the word sensation because I think it's so much more neutral in my mind and in the minds of my clients than even emotion. If you think about emotions as a sensation, it feels a little bit less charged. Also, pain or discomfort. I shy away from using the words pain because that automatically signals to my brain, oh, there's something to be scared of here but I'm not as automatically scared of the word sensation because I don't need to be afraid of pain. I can allow sensations to exist in my body. So for example, this morning, I usually wake up and I have some discomfort in my abdomen. And so I usually, not usually, but sometimes. And this morning it happened. So this morning I woke up and I had some discomfort in my abdomen and I reminded my body, hey, I'm willing to just allow this sensation of whatever's going on in my abdomen. And I started to describe it. I'm like, it feels a little sharp and I'm willing to let it get as big as my body needs it to get. And it did. It got a little bit more intense because I wasn't pushing against it. I was allowing it to take up as much space as it needed to. By allowing it, it's like allowing a wave to crest. I allowed the wave to crest and I didn't resist against it. And then it naturally will decline. As long as I'm not telling it that I want it to leave because that is resistance that actually builds it up even more. So it's a little challenging of a practice. It seems a little counterintuitive, but (laughs) if you're in the chronic illness community, I think that we all get comfortable with these contradictions. You have to. I mean, I think about the medication that I take for my kidney transplant. It's nephrotoxic. The transplant meds that I take are ones that kill kidneys. They protect my kidneys and they hurt my kidneys. So I have to live in that contradiction space every day. And it's the same thing with resistance and allowing emotions. If I want it to go away, have to allow it. And the moment that I want it to go away, I'm resisting it. 
And so it's really coming to this place of trust in your body. And I know that can be a little charge, that trusting yourself, but these practices are going to help you to gain back that trust that you have for your body. Because your body's pretty incredible. She's already here. She keeps showing up for you every single day. I, I think that bodies are pretty amazing. Okay, so the third practice that really helped me, and I invite you to try, is tuning in. And asking your body what you want, what your body wants, and then listening for the answer. So let me give you an example. When I was training for my triathlon, I was experiencing a lot of discomfort in my ankle when I would run. And I remember in particular, this happened when I was running up the hill to my house. And as I was doing this, all I could think was, I want this pain to go away. I... I think that I know that there's nothing structurally wrong. This is just my brain feeling like this is a dangerous activity. And I was resisting, resisting. And so instead of the resistance, I actually stopped. I stopped in the middle of the run. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, less than a, less than like a tenth of a mile away from my house. And I was running and I stopped in the middle of the road and I just tuned into my body. I said, listen. I'm not going to do this at your expense. We've all done that. We have all pushed our bodies past the breaking point and at our body's expense. And I have an understanding with my body that I'm not going to do that anymore. That's a boundary, an internal boundary I've set up for myself. So in that moment, I stopped running and I tuned into myself and I said out loud, I talk to myself out loud a lot. I don't know if you do. I talked to myself and I said, hey, body. What do you want to do right now? You're sending me a lot of pain signals, which is telling me that you think that this is not safe. We have all of these options. If you don't want to run, I won't. If you want, if you don't want to walk, I won't walk. Like I have these options. I could call my husband right now. I could have him come drive and get me. I have all of these options. And I just sat there and I stopped. Didn't worry about neighbors walking by, maybe thinking like, why is this girl being crazy talking to herself in the middle of the street? Thankfully, nobody was there. But even if they were there, I wasn't worried about them. I was just listening to me and I stopped and I asked the question, what do you want? Going to do whatever you want. Because your brain speaks through thoughts and your body speaks through sensations. And your body always has a message for you. Sometimes it's hard because we want to push that message away and we have to create space to open up and listen. What does your body actually want? And in that moment, as I sat there and paused and said, what do you want? I'm going to do whatever you want. I felt that pulling forward and I was like, do you want to run? And my body was like, yeah, let's run. And that's all it took was for me to tune in and make sure that I was doing what was right for my body in that moment. It's not always been right for me to run. It's not always been right for me to exercise in ways that are a little taxing, a little stressing on my body. But it feels right right now because I've been tuning into my body and asking her, what do you want? And then I listen and I follow through. And if she had told me, hey, we're out, like call your husband. I would have called him. 
Because that's the relationship that I have with myself right now. And I invite you to start on the path of having that relationship with yourself too, where you will listen to whatever she's telling you because we get so disconnected from our bodies. We let the brains run the show like they're their own entity, like they're not even a body part, like I was talking about at the beginning. And we don't pay attention to what our body actually wants and actually needs. And your body will speak to you. Now, if you put away listening to it, it will speak by screaming at you, which is what my body did when I was 31. I was in kidney failure, didn't know it, but I did know that I would need to sleep a lot. And if I didn't sleep and I got up too quickly, that I would start crying. And in fact, I still know that. I, it's been very few times now that I get to the point where I'm crying, but I would stand up and start doing things for my family and I just start crying. And it's because I had pushed myself so much that that was the only response that my body had left because I was so exhausted by what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I was believing, the way that I was relating to myself. I wasn't tuned in to this inner wisdom and this inner knowing that my body was trying to tell me, hey, it's time to take care of you. It's time to stop caring what other people think. It's time to stop trying to prove your worth through your productivity. Those were the messages my body was trying to tell me and my brain was so resistant to that because I had taken in all of society's messages that it's important how you look, it's important what you do, it's important what you produce to the point where my body was at a breakdown. And now I've changed that relationship by listening to my body first. And that goes right into the fourth practice that changed my relationship with my body. And that was learning to say no instead of pushing. That was learning to have internal boundaries with myself. I don't even need to tell people what those boundaries are most of the time. I have certain sets of boundaries that keep me safe. Sometimes we think about boundaries and it's like, oh, you're just trying to control somebody else's behavior or control your own. Those aren't true boundaries. Boundaries are things that you put up around yourself to protect your space, to protect your energy, to protect your wellness, to protect your health. And so some of those boundaries that I set were at the beginning, hey, if you feel like crying, you have to rest. And let me think about what was coming up before that. How do I say no to those things that are completely exhausting me in my mind and my body? How do I say no to more of the social pressures of showing up fully in, in church, in family, in doing all of the things. I was a stay-at-home mom for a very long time. Now I'm a work-at-home mom, so I still have lots of things at, at home that I that I do. But in the mornings, the kids, after they're gone, I'll kind of reset a little bit in the kitchen. But I don't have a sparkling clean kitchen right now. In fact, I leave the dishes in the sink most days until kids get home. Part of it bothers me <laughs> because I... In my mind, the dishes need to all be in the dishwasher. That's where they're supposed to be. But I know that I want to use my energy for other things too. And if I have energy for that thing, I will do it. 
but I want to make sure that I am spending my energy in ways that really light me up and that are really for my best good and what my true priorities and focus are. Dishes are important and it's important to have a clean space and to have things that support you to live a healthy lifestyle, but the dishes aren't my main priority. And producing goodness and my work into the world is a bigger priority for me at this moment. And so I'm willing to say no to those things that I thought brought me the status of a mom that's on top of it. (laughs) I've let go of that status. It's not even real. I'm a hot mess. That's just how it goes. And so I don't push myself to have everything perfect. And I set up a lot of routines And I ask for a lot of support and a lot of help. So I'm not the one doing it all the time. And that has really changed and shifted my relationship with my body because I'm not expecting her to be everything and do everything for everyone in my life. Okay, the last practice that I want to share with you is this practice of relaxing into what is. I don't know if you're like me, but I've spent so much of my life fighting against how things actually are. (laughs) Like, this shouldn't have happened. The kids should have put their lunches together yesterday. We shouldn't have had to run around so much this morning. Whatever it is. I Or also fighting with the past. Like, gosh, if I would have known a little bit more, could I have prevented my kidney disease? Gosh, if I would have known more, could I have changed the fate of what is now? And I wasted so much energy on that, that it was really building up stress and anxiety in my body, which was having physical impacts on my body. And it was degrading my relationship with myself because if my focus is always on what could have been, what should have been, how I could have made things better then I'm not being present with how I am and what is going on in my life right now. And then I'm not able to take the next step that's going to bring me closer to whatever goal it is that I'm focusing on right now, whatever intention I have for my life. And part of that actually relaxing into what is, is sometimes opening up my body fully, like pulling my shoulders back. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see me. If you're on the podcast, you can't see, but I open up to this experience. Sometimes I open my hands like this and really allow myself to relax into it, to allow my jaw to lay slack. I also carry a lot of tension in my jaw. It's my first place that I clench and my tongue gets really tight. And so I notice when I'm feeling stress or some other uncomfortable emotional sensation in my body, when I relax into that, Number one, it helps me to allow the sensation to process through, but it allows me to dip further into that parasympathetic calm state of my nervous system, which is the rest and digest process. We have fight or flight when you have an activated nervous system and there's rest and digest, rest and repair. And by relaxing into what is happening, even while it's happening, It's allowing my body to heal in that moment. All right. I hope that you can take some of these messages and incorporate maybe, maybe even just one of these practices into your relationship with your body today. I'll remind you the five that helped me 
The first one is to recognize that my brain is a body part and it's not separate from my body. The second is to allow sensations, any sensations, pain sensations, discomfort, emotional pain, allow those sensations in my body and let go of resistance. The third one is tuning into your body, asking what you want and listening for your body's answer. The fourth one is saying no instead of pushing yourself, setting appropriate boundaries for yourself. And the fifth one is to relax into what is and invite that rest and uh, digest and rest and repair healing state into your body. All right. I hope you enjoy this. If you want to learn more, feel free to message me and we can set up some time to talk about how we can work together with life coaching to help you improve your relationship with your body and help get you closer to any intention or goal that you are wanting for yourself. All right. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.